Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. like my mom and sit on those stupid ball things you know the inflatable balls that are they're supposed to be good for your posture but somehow i think they would just try to like creep their way up your asshole (laughs) (laughs) i was at a salon once getting um a pedicure Mm -hmm. with my grandmother i had the you know massage setting on yeah and there was a part of it that kept like trying to just (laughs) to insert itself yeah to like Go in between my cheeks. Yeah, like, it's like supposed to massage your butt, uh, but when you're short, like yeah, us, yeah, it like it's too up your butt. It is. It's it, supposed it was to be like good. lower back butt, like where you would have a tail. No, but we're so short, it doesn't really work. Like it that. was like up my butthole. Yeah, it does that to me too. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't like it. The place I go now doesn't have one that does the butt, the booty. They so. just have chairs, right? No, I so I don't go there for my pedicures. Oh. I go to this place called Paradise Nails. We should go. Yeah. It's really nice. They have like I want to get my nails done for Christmas. Okay. They they have like 20 chairs. And so like you never have to wait. It's really nice. That's nice. Yeah, I should get my toes done too, but no one ever sees them anymore. But it's just nice to I like to get Yeah, my feet are so gross. Yeah, that's what I really like I'll just get a clear polish, but like Yeah, and my toenails grow like no one's business. Yeah, and my yeah, my skin's just especially on my bad foot because I Mm -hmm. can't feel it. So that one gets, like, gross. Yeah. I got a a thing at, like, Walmart, like, a thing that Uh it's electric and it's, like, a pumice stone, but it goes and I just do my heels all the time. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Little comforts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to get my nails done so that it looks like I am Christmas somehow. Like the what ones you, I got last what does year. Christmas look like? I don't know. The ones I got last year were cute. They were like candy canes. They were really cute. But I want like Christmas. I want it to look like Christmas threw up on my fingernails. <laughs> so, well, oh, do you remember the nails I sent you last year? Probably not. It was a long time ago. But it was like long ass fake nails and they were all like an intricate card. Right. Like a yes. Santa and yes. a tree. I do remember Yes. <laughs> like that, but you know, more functional. Yes. But yeah, I want like maybe coffin shape. I really like mm-hmm. that shape, but like a little longer than how I had them for yeah. Halloween. And then like maybe like a night sky with Santa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the wait, that would actually be really cute yeah. with the reindeer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it yeah, goes that would over be awesome. I like that. But also, if I get them done soon, I could get two different kinds. True. So maybe I'd get like a non super Christmas one and then a super Christmas one yeah. for like December because people think you can't celebrate Christmas until December. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> Give Thanksgiving its fair shot. It's 
about killing a bunch of Native Americans. It doesn't I mean, deserve anything. It's just pre-Christmas. <laughs> it's just pre-Christmas. It's just a practice for Christmas. It's really just an eating holiday. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's fine, but what am I going to do? Put leaves up in my house? <laughs> and then take them down to put Christmas trees up? Gourds. No. We already no. know how you no feel gourds. about gourds. <laughs> we went over this. I can't do them. <laughs> Um, so I think you're starting on yeah, this I think one. So. I'm Austin. I'm Reppy. This is Helen High Horror. It is. Um, today we're going to be talking about horror movies and the real life events that inspired them. Uh, yeah. Because not all horror movies are complete fiction. Nope. Nothing is. Nothing is. Although nothing's real. Yes. We're all just in a vat of jelly. We're in um, a video game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the movie I'm doing is, um, I'm sure you've all seen it. It's from the 1970s. Uh, it's called <laughs> Eaten Alive. I have never seen it. No, people really haven't. I've only seen it because my friend is like a big horror buff and she mentioned it to me and then she showed me clips and then oh. I thought this is ridiculous. So then I looked at yeah. it. Yeah. So um, it's from 1976. I did not Google what the movie was about. This is all based on my memory. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry if it's wrong. <laughs> um, so it's directed by a man named Toby Hooper and written by Alvin Elfast. Figured I'd give him some credit. Mm-hmm. They're probably very embarrassed by it. Um, <laughs> really? So it's, it's one of those. Yeah. It's about a guy named Judd. He's a psychotic redneck. That's that's how the movie back okay. describes him. Um, <laughs> that's all I remember. But... Uh, he runs a hotel in East Texas, but like really rural. Mm-hmm. And he kills people. So cool. he mostly kills people who do something bad to him. Mm-hmm. People who are like, you're not paying your bills, so we're going to come and take stuff from you. And then he'll just like kill them. The movie starts out with a sex worker. They call her a prostitute in the movie. Outdated seventy six, And her name is Clara, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Clara. And there's a lot of people. So... She like she gets kicked out of her brothel, mm-hmm. so she runs to this hotel and she's like, "Okay, I'll stay here." And Judd like makes a move on her and like wants to fuck her and stuff. And she's like, "No, thank you, hard pass." Um, <laughs> and so he attacks her with a pitchfork. So obviously she runs out of the hotel. Yeah, and he has like this pond out back, and he and a big alligator comes up and eats her, which mm. is his pet alligator. Do they have names? No. Aw. <laughs> um, I think he calls him something in the movie, but I don't Even think... Even the rats in Willard had names. Yeah. <laughs> but... So, then a family comes to stay at the hotel. And they have a dog, and the dog's name is Snoopy. Oh, no. And I know that for a fact. I might not know Clara, but the dog's name is Snoopy. Is Snoopy. They also have a little girl. Her, her name is Angie, and the dad's name is, like, Roy or Rod. <laughs> something like that. Something. And the mom's name is Faye. They're staying at the hotel and the dog goes missing. Guess what happened? No. Mm. And eventually they find the dog and it's like been attacked by the alligator. (gasps) But it's alive. Okay. But not for long. But so the little girl goes and she has like a panic attack about it. Because, you know, her dog's been eaten by an alligator. And the Roy guy goes to like confront the hotel owner like Mm -hmm. you have a fucking alligator. And so he attacks Roy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and he's killed. He gets hit by, like, um, not an axe. I don't know. He he hits him over the head, basically, and then yeah. feeds him to the alligator. And then Judd, 
he kidnaps the mom and like straps her up to the bed post mm-hmm. and tries to grab Angie, the little girl, but she runs under the porch and he he doesn't see that she runs under the porch okay. and he doesn't know where she is. Uh-huh. So then this dad comes with his little like girl and it turns out it's the dad is Clara's father and the little girl. Don't know why I'm reiterating this movie so much, but basically they're looking for Clara. Okay. They leave because they don't think Claire's there. Then the dad comes back alone. Just a double so, check. So the other guy, Roy, was like he's, a stepdad? No, no, no. He's the father of the little girl, Angie. This of dad Angie. Is, is... Okay. Clara was the sex worker. Okay. Her father and sister come okay, to look come for to her. Okay, look for her. And he's like, go away. She's not mm-hmm. here. And they leave. And then he comes back alone because he's like, this is weird. I'm going to chuck yeah. one more time. And he finds Faye. Okay. Uh, but then he gets killed mm. and fed to the exile. And then finally, the daughter, the little girl, mm-hmm. the, the daughter of Clara's sister comes because she's like, where's my dad? Oh, at some point, the sheriff comes too, which is weird to stay uh-uh. at the hotel with his like way too young girlfriend what? and they die too. But so lots <laughs> of people die. And then she comes and she rescues Faye and Angie and... Finally, they're running and running and running, and the Judd guy is chasing her, mm-hmm. and the alligator eats him. Oh. Yeah. They, like, push him into the swamp. Yeah. And he eats him, or pond, or whatever. So, this, which I did not know, is based <laughs> off of Joe Ball, who is a real-life killer. Joe Ball. Terrible um, name. Yeah. In Joe's early years, he served in World War II. One. One. <laughs> which, which one? <laughs> World War One. And then he started his career as a bootlegger providing illegal liquor. Cool. Yeah. And when Prohibition ended, he was like, what the fuck do I do now? So he opened a saloon called the Sociable Inn Mm. in Elmendorf, Texas. Uh, And in the movie, it's like the something inn. It's like the Sunshine Inn or something stupid like that. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, it's a hotel. This is like a a saloon. So like a bar. Yeah. Um, He built a pond... (laughs) That had six alligators in it. <laughs> I can't believe he built a pond and not a moat. <laughs> well, it like went around the, I don't think, it wasn't a full moat because you didn't need like a bridge to cross it. Uh-huh. But it like encircled the. Oh, okay. You so know it was, what I mean? It so was, so it was kind like of mostly a moat. a moat. Yeah. So because he did this because he thought, he was misinformed mm-hmm. basically. And he thought that if they couldn't find the body, they could never charge you for murder. Yeah kind of right but not really eh. <laughs> um so oh so he charged people to view the alligators which is okay weird mm, whatever especially during them. feeding time where uh. he fed them live cats and dogs <gasps> no, okay that's not okay yeah. and all of a sudden women in the area were missing oh, no. including people who worked at his bar mm. former girlfriends and his own wife which is like, don't kill the wife. No. Um, Killing people really close to you is usually a great way to get caught. Yeah. So this comes to a fast close because yeah. when two Bexar County Sheriff's deputies went to question him in 1939, Ball pulled a handgun from the cash register and shot himself through the heart. Oh, no. Yep. They questioned a handyman, Clifford Wheeler, who admitted to helping Ball dispose of the bodies of two of the women he killed. Um, cause he didn't feed them to the alligators for some yeah. reason. And they found... They were full. Yeah. They found the <laughs> bodies of Hazel Brown and Minnie Gothard. 
all the other bodies had been totally consumed by the crocs in the pond by that point. So they think he killed more, but they can only prove Hazel Brown and Minnie Gothard, and he's dead. So they arrest Clifford Wheeler, obviously, and try him for, like, Hmm. associate murder. I don't know. But he goes to jail. But that's it. Wow. I didn't know. I had no idea. I was like, this movie's so bad. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, it's so like bad. real life. Like, well, I was that like, happened. who has a pet crocodile? <laughs> this movie is so far-fetched. It would never happen in real and life. he has six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Six crocodiles. How many fucking crocodiles do you need? You don't need any. You don't. That's the thing. The They're thing not is, necessary to life. Yeah. The thing is that you could live your whole life without any crocodiles. Except most people do. Most people <laughs> do. Yeah. <laughs> Eating alive, <sighs> man. Wow. And it's like 70s, so it's like really bad graphics. Mm-hmm. But like the... What's it called again? Eaten Alive. Eaten Alive. And the, the poster's really cool, though, because it's still like old school when they used to draw it mm-hmm. out and like sketch oh, it. Oh, yeah, I like those. So it's really cool and it looks really cool, mm-hmm. but then like the movie itself like... is meh. Yeah, I'm sure in the 70s it was okay. Oh, I bet. Oh, I did forget to mention in our last episode mm-hmm. that when I went to see my friend Dahmer... Mm-hmm. There were two very nice young women in the row in front of me and Mike, and I was talking to Mike about something, and I brought up Black Christmas and how we like to watch it during the season. <laughs> Not the old Tis one, the, the new one. The new one. The new one. The bad fucking one. fucking Ice Princess girl in it. Yes. So um, then one of the girls in front of me turned around and was like, are you talking about Black Christmas? And I'm like, fuck yeah, we're talking about Black Christmas. And it turns out that they are fans of the same podcasts as us, and they have their own podcast. So they are weird and wayward, Mm. um, and they're in our area, too. So they're really, really nice and fun. I download a few episodes of theirs, and I'm enjoying it. So I wanted to just say that. It was nice. nice. It was cool. Black Christmas is a bad movie. It is. It's terrible. We should watch it. No, we absolutely should watch it, and Mike needs to see it. Yeah. We could go Christmas shopping and, like, buy Christmas decorations. We do need to do that. And then we could come home and maybe, like, make some Christmas cookies. <laughs> and then we could watch Black Christmas. Yes. Sounds like a perfect and we day. And we could play on repeat the part where he makes the Christmas cookies out of that woman. That's my favorite while part. While we make Christmas cookies. I know. I like the um, the gingerbread-shaped back fat cookies. Yeah. <laughs> they were probably the best ones. Yeah, probably. Because it's fat. It is. Although it's probably savory, which I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, when you see something no in the shape of a gingerbread, you're you expecting a, a cookie. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind it's of a little misleading. Yeah, it is. It's a mind fuck. That's the big fault of the movie. It is it's a little misleading. Nothing else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not yeah. the fact that the rest of the movie is w- weird as fuck. No, 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 no. And just the just, back. Yeah, ones. and like, the whole sorority why do you want thing. A savory cookie. No, that's that's what he was in the mood for. Gross. <laughs> so I'm going to be telling you about. The True Origins of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yay! The 1984 horror classic Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven, centers around a supernatural killer that enters the dreams of his victims in order to torment and murder them. If you don't know that, I don't know I don't where know what you're been. doing. Or, yeah. <laughs> so... Craven revealed after the movie was released that a series of strange and unexplainable events inspired the film, which is weird because mm-hmm. it's a concept that seems like nothing would inspire. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's completely it's not fantasy. like in real life someone would go into your dreams. Yeah. From 1977 to the early 1980s, 
over 110 men died mysteriously in their sleep. These men were young, healthy, and there was no real cause of death found. Hmm. Family members and authorities were baffled by the cases. It soon became known as the Asian Death Syndrome, as the victims victims of it were all Asian males and members of the Hmong, a nomadic people from Southeast China. Hmm. There are going to be names I'm going to fuck up in this, I'm telling you right now. The Hmong, and it's Hmong, H-M-O-N-G. They left China to escape an escalating conflict and persecution of their kind and immigrated to countries like Laos and Vietnam. In the early 20th century, the Hmong way of life, which centered around mountain farming, began to change drastically. During the Vietnam War, a large portion of the Hmong population was wiped out. With the political and technological climate of the world shifting, many decided to move to the United States. In 1977, the first recorded case of sleep death took place in Orange County, California, and claimed the life of Lee Howa, I think it's Howa, an immigrant who had been working as a medic. When police interviewed those who knew Howa, they all reported that he had been in exemplary physical condition and was very mindful of his health given his profession. All were shocked at his passing. Within the following four years, 20 more young Hmong men had died in the same way. In several cases, witnesses reported that some of the victims audibly gasped and experienced heavy breathing before their deaths. Hmm. Tom Prendergast, and it's not Pendergast, it's Prendergast, (laughs) (laughs) the Orange County medical examiner at the time, reported that sleep death accounted for 50% of all Hmong deaths during this time. Whoa. Which, I mean, really just means that there was only 40 Hmong deaths. Yeah. (laughs) The Federal Center for Disease Control investigated the events and started referring to the phenomenon as sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome, or SUNS. Sudden and unexpected. Why do we need both of them? I don't know. (laughs) It was sudden, but I expected it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can it ever be expected if it's sudden? (laughs) (laughs) And can it ever not be sudden if it's unexpected? Well, yeah, I guess so. Slowly unexpected, I guess. At first, the deaths were thought to have been the result of cardiac arrest caused by the stress of refugee life in a new country. U.S. Minnesota medical examiner Dr. Michael McGee presented the theory that the victims may have been frightened to death. Makes sense. A former Laotian general attributed the deaths to the aftermath of chemical gas attacks Hmm. during conflicts in Laos. But many believe this claim to be unfounded and more of a political strategy to turn the public against old communist opponents. In 1981 alone, 26 Hmong men died of sons. There were a couple of cases that were attributed to sons that turned out to actually be seizures, and the young men who experienced those were revived and lived. While many theorized that this medical phenomenon could be the result of environmental effects, they were soon proven wrong when cases of sons began popping up all over the globe. In 1983, it was reported that somewhere between 500 and 1,000 Asian men between the ages of 20 and 30 died of the mysterious illnesses. All of these men were living in either Japan or the Philippines. Oh, wow. Jesus. 500 and 1,000 is a big discrepancy. Yeah, that's a... That's... that's yeah. Which one? I mean, come is on. Is it this or is it double this? Yeah. Um, 
The Japanese called this, oh, fuck, pokori. I think it's pokori. P-O-K-K-U-R-I. With healthy Asian men dying by the day, researchers raced to find any records of sons that may have occurred in Asia previously. The Hmong's spiritual belief system revolves heavily around nature, animals, and honoring ancestors. Within Hmong religious lore is a monster called Dab Sog. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> with fine. the names. Um, according to mythology, Dab Sog would descend upon those who failed to perform rituals properly, as their ancestors and spirit guardians would abandon the village if not properly acknowledged. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Dab Sog, then free to infiltrate the Hmong village, would press the life out of the neglectful party. Ow. In 2010, University of California, San Francisco professor Shelley Adler began to survey the Hmong population in an effort to find some connection between the Hmong legends, known sleep disorders, and the recent deaths. Adler spoke to men who were said to have survived sons, almost all of whom reported having nightmares and being visited by terrifying monsters in their sleep. One survivor described in detail the dream he had on the night he experienced sons. He claimed that he dreamt that a large, black, hairy creature with big claws and teeth, attacked him in his dream. And when he came out of the dream state, suddenly he was completely paralyzed. In Filipino culture, similar malevolent creatures exist called the Batabat and the Bengongat. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, Bengongat. <laughs> These creatures appear as large, ugly women who live in trees. <laughs> Which is me. If I was in a tree right now, this is what I would be. <laughs> if their trees are cut down, they then haunt the homes that were built with the wood from the trees. Oh, that makes sense. Right. When inhabiting these homes, they seek revenge by murdering those living there in the same way as Dab Sog. By 1988, four years after Nightmare on Elm Street was released, cases of sons had progressively tapered off and stopped as abruptly as they had started. Hmm. Cardiologists that studied the cases believed that there was a hereditary cardiac defect at the heart of these events <laughs> that, <laughs> when exasper <laughs> exacerbated by stress, could become fatal. By studying the cases closely, doctors were able to identify the arrhythmias that preceded sons. Mm. In Thailand, the deaths persisted until 1990, Jeez. at which point two construction workers both died of it in the same night. Wow. That they knew each other. They worked together. Two Italian cardiologists, who are also brothers, used electrocardiograms to map the warning signs of sons which was renamed Brugada syndrome after them. The treatment for Brugada syndrome is a small pacemaker-esque device that's implanted in the chest of those with the condition. While the anatomical causes of Brugada syndrome are no longer a mystery, the sudden emergence and disappearance of cases of it in one population in the United States is still largely unanswered. Adler proposed an answer to this anomaly. In her book, Sleep Paralysis, she lays out her theory that pertains to the ability 
of deeply held beliefs and fears to manifest themselves as physical episodes. Hmm. Because many of the Hmong men were assimilating into American culture, they may have felt that they were neglecting their spiritual obligations and therefore were at risk of being visited by Dab Song. Wes Craven was exposed to this news coverage... And from what he learned in the local papers, he created a dream-based monster that would appeal to an American audience. Of Weird. course, he whitened it up. Yeah, he made it super white. <laughs> he, but... Yeah, he whitened the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. White kids and white teenagers. Freddy yeah, Freddy Krueger. Nothing white about parents. honoring your ancestors. No. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, they a little dash it. of child molestation. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. Exactly. So, yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? That's insane. I think it's really, really interesting, the um, Adler's theory mm-hmm. about how what you believe um, can affect you physically. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely true. Yeah. Well, but because that's... we know that, you know, fear has definitive physical signs. Right. Yes. So... You can be scared to death. Yes. People so have been. Yeah, and it reminds me of it too. It's it's kind of the same concept yeah, of yeah. fear manifests manifesting itself as a monster. Right. So even in their dream they could have been dreaming about that and that's what yeah. because they thought they believed that it was going to happen, it happened. Yeah. Mhm. It's that's like that the old, secret, isn't it? It's like that old quote whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely the secret. If you <laughs> if you put it in your mind, you you will achieve it. Yes, exactly. That's how everything works. Yes. <laughs> this will be a Stop short episode. I'm gonna do it, and it's gonna be stuck in your mind. Nope. That's what my dad does whenever we're just driving or something. Ding, it's weird. It's a weird song. Three cheers for the red, white, and blue. <laughs> I don't even know the words. <laughs> That's all you need to know. It's about flags. It's about carnivals to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> um, didn't we just establish that whatever you believe in your mind <laughs> is true? And it's about carnivals. <laughs> yes. So, there well, you have it. There you have the it. The n- Nightmare on Elm Street is based on real deaths. Yeah, and Eaten Alive is an amazing movie. I think that's what we've about learned. Crocodiles. About crocodiles. That there's actually also, people. Be careful because there's also a movie. If you just Google crocodile movie, oh, like no. Crocodile Killer, Crocodile or Killer Crocodile is also yes. another bad B movie uh-huh. that I suggest you watch. I don't know why I've seen both crocodile movies, but I have. <laughs> and that one's about like these this group of scientists who are like going into this natural there's there's like a sewage leak or something and it gets into like the not sewage but the thing that made spider-man spider-man a spider no nope. <laughs> or you know when he or you know the radiation and stuff like it made the spider oh. yeah so it like gets into the forest and the the alligators affected mm-hmm. and they're all being attacked by this alligator who's like super Giant. strong and super yeah and he yeah. wants to kill because he's, he's just ripped yeah and so <laughs> that's also a movie that i suggest oh you watch and that one's even earlier i'm pretty sure that one's from like 71 so it, or something so it's even worse so it's even worse <laughs> killer crack also there's this there's the super villain yeah I, like. I was about I like to him. say killer croc is also a dc he's, villain he's one of my favorites because really we, we made him a villain 
Uh-huh. People made him a villain. He wasn't born a villain. He also died, like, right away in Suicide Squad. <laughs> did he die? Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, no, wait. No, no, no. He didn't die. No, I'm thinking about the other things. So there's Killer Croc, and then there's an Australian dude. Yeah, yeah, Was yeah. he Captain He's... Boomerang or yeah, something yeah, yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. No, Killer Croc's good. Yeah, Killer Croc's good. He he was just born with this birth defect. Yeah. And then everyone fucking teased him and called him a monster. And so in one of the comics, like in one of the earliest comics, mm-hmm. it says like something, some great line like, um, we we treated him like a monster. So he became what, what we told him he was or something. Uh-huh. So now he's just a monster. Huh. Interesting. It's a, it's yeah. a really good story. Mm-hmm. And sad. And he's cute. And he's a little crocodile. And he lives under the sewers. <laughs> but he didn't kill people in a moat. No, he so didn't. So that's he good. He didn't kill people in a moat. He's pretty cute. <laughs> I can't believe I had never heard of this guy. This yeah, he's weird, guy. right? And he, Mr. Ball. And it's weird that he took the gun out and he didn't shoot himself in the head. He shoot, shot himself through the heart. Yeah, that's really weird. Which is an odd thing to... Like, that part, I was just like, through the heart. Hmm. Yeah. That's a weird... Like maybe he was like maybe I'll go into a coma. <laughs> <laughs> it's the seventies yeah. or the fifties or whatever. I'm just gonna shoot myself and hope I go into a coma. <laughs> then they'll forget all about me by I, the time I, I wake up. I do wish though he had died like he did in the movie and he got eaten by his own crocodile. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been good. I think there's also a eaten alive too. Or no. there's or there's either an eaten alive too or there's a killer crocodile too one of them has a sequel i have not seen i hope neither of them do no one of them does i know one (laughs) one of them has to uh weird so weird so weird yes how many crocodiles does a person really need probably zero Mm, probably yeah we'll make a few exceptions what about an alligator what's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile tell me right now um one lives only in water, and the other lives in both. I don't oh, know. You're wrong. They Is it their head shape? No, I have no idea. But they both live you on. Don't have sea. I, you I don't, don't know, know the answer. I was just hoping you did. But they both live on sea and land, not sea, but al. In Are water. you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. <laughs> well, because there's, there's a scene in um, Family Guy. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Oh, snout shape. Alligators snout have a wider U-shaped snout, while crocodiles' front ends are more pointed and V-shaped toothy grin when their snouts are shut crocodiles look like they're flashing a toothy grin oh so when the, their teeth stick out mm. they're an alligator yeah so like this one's an yeah, alligator yeah they're cute they're like mm. yeah mm-hmm. they're they goofy look, looking they, yeah they are goofy looking so. not enough to pet but they're still no, no. goofy looking no 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 when i lived in florida we had like a swimming hole in our backyard mm-hmm. and we used to go swimming and every now and then we couldn't because there were alligators in it oh my god how do you even know if there are alligators in it though well sometimes there were alligators in it and we still went swimming like the whole Why? neighborhood would because we didn't know they were but yeah. when we saw them go in then but you're like, oh, alligators no. are mostly tame creatures like they don't kill they're like sharks they don't just kill to kill uh-huh they kill because they're hungry or threatened so they were like down on one end of the pond oh, we just didn't go so down there yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't like a little uh-huh. stream but I, I was like why would you just chill next to and, an alligator and you just kind of stayed like in walking land distance and yeah. they didn't really like they don't really attack unless they're hungry like the ones you see like out on the highway and stuff or in people's backyards like they're hungry so they yeah. will attack you that's why they're in your backyard yeah, but yeah they're just looking for food we were in a swamp land so they had plenty mm-hmm. of things to eat that yeah. weren't people you know what i mean 
Did you're you not going to feed them Doritos or something. No, we didn't feed them. Why? <laughs> we don't want them to come into our backyard. Oh, I was yeah, a baby. That, that too. <laughs> there were two babies in that house at that time. Me and Ben. <laughs> we didn't want alligators coming. What in on the island? Um, we used to feed the iguanas Doritos. Mm. They loved it. They're cute. They that, are that iguana island. Yes, <laughs> the little we would boat to this little. It was more of just a rock than an yeah. island, but and we would go cliff jumping, but there were just iguanas everywhere, and it's just like, here, have some chips. I'm so glad I went with you when we did, because right now, if we went, I would not go cliff jumping, but I jumped <laughs> off. Oh, yeah, time. you did. But I, it scares me so bad. Like, I think back, yeah, and I'm like, you, why did I do that? You developed this ocean it fear. It just scares me so much. I yeah. did. Like, I've never loved the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not my favorite place to go. But when I was young, yeah, I wasn't afraid yeah, no, of it. I was just like, I'd rather be at a pool. Yeah. But well, like, I was are always. And then you know. slowly but surely, I've yeah. developed this fear. It's you like it's like the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Well, because the ocean is very right, largely exactly. unknown. So it's like the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And but it just manifests itself in this deep fear of the ocean. Yeah. Instead well, instead because... of being like, I'm afraid of the unknown. <laughs> I'm just like, no, it's the ocean. And there's your psychological analysis for the day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's therapy corner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so we have given you a half hour of these things. <laughs> it's like a little mini episode. It is. It's a mini, which is good because our last one was really long. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty long. Yeah. My Dahmer case dragged. Mm. And then next time we'll do a regular one. Yeah. And then the time after that, we'll go long again. We'll see. We'll, we'll short, alternate. We'll go long and then we'll... Just... Um, we next are... time we'll go for five hours straight. Yep. Let's talk Marathon. Even when we have nothing to talk about, we'll just be like... Yep. We'll just make weird noises at you. Yep. <laughs> It'll be really great for it your will. ears. You'll love it. You'll, you'll be really... <laughs> we know you'll love it. We, we don't even need to ask if you'll love it. <laughs> you'll love it. Um... We are Helen High Horror. Yeah, we are. On Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. We're Hell High Horror on Twitter. We have a Patreon that you <laughs> can do. donate to. It helps us out a lot. We have uh, merch on Redbubble. Uh-huh. Um, we also have Instagrams and Twitters. Yeah. I'm Austin Costelli. I'm Reparata Ann. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Do it. It helps other people find us and all that jazz. And check out our friends at Weird and Wayward. Yes. Yay. Okay. That's okay. it for this this one. Right? The shorty. The shorty. Happy so hauntings. Shorty. Happy hauntings. Bye. Bye.